to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And here, live on Zoom on the radio for y'all, is my friend Eliana um, Friedman. And she, y'all, she has done all kinds of cool stuff. And I had to get her on the show. She founded Bayleaf Kitchen and all kinds of great things about healthy food and getting families together in the kitchen. And it seemed like a perfect time of the year for us here in South Louisiana to start focusing on that. So Eliana, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, so I, you know, I reached out to you and I said, Hey, we should talk food. And for my listeners out there, she was like, yes, we should. (laughs) And (laughs) sent me a a whole long list of things. And I thought we could do 10 shows just whenever we start talking about food. Uh, So I guess, first of all, you know, we start with why is it so important for families to be involved in food together? It sustains us. It's a great way to team build and be together and we're doing it all the time right like moms dads all parents are feeding their kids all day long and i believe and i know that the kids can help the parents out and do it together and then saves you some time right <laughs> if, you're, if you're cooking like you know three meals a day for your two kids and been inside for what, like two years now that adds up. So get your kids in there and have them help you there. They can plan with you. They can chop with you. They can make you a whole dinner one night, make you a date night meal. Um, we get, you know, we got to eat together. We got to bond over food. Oh no. Are you there? Sorry. froze. For a second, I froze, y'all. This is what happens when we film over the internet and uh, record. But I think I think we got it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go? Did you go take a snack break? I did. Oh my goodness, I'm (laughs) totally busted, y'all. My my husband is uh, offered to cook brunch. That's why I'm recording at home today. (laughs) So I. Yes, maybe I did take a snack, a snack break during that little freeze. But, you know, your comment about everyone having been, you know, confined in the house and also cooking all those meals a day, I think it really brought to light, one, how much we eat and also how how much goes into preparing food. I know for me, there was a day that I... I looked at my husband and I actually taped the refrigerator shut with a thing of <laughs> because I said the only thing changing every time you open this refrigerator are your expectations about what you're going to settle on because it's the same stuff every time you open it. We mm-hmm. need to be better about what we're choosing to go in it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's really easy to get in a routine or a rut and our, you know, we need, our bodies need all different types of nutrients and, you know, energy. So we, we really 
want to help. I love to help families get out of that rut. And one way to do that, one way kids have done that for me is listening to them and their creativity. So I, it was a few years ago, but I, um, you know, kale chips were a huge craze and I was like eating them all the time. And I'm like, I cannot eat another kale chip. I've seen it everywhere. And this eight-year-old runs up to me and he's like, I gotta eat the kale chip. And I'm like, oh, we can't cook it again. And, you know, I like pull out the recipe. He's like, no, I'm gonna do it myself. And he completely changed the recipe. He put cumin on it instead. He made it spicy. He put a little honey. And I, I was like, it's gonna weigh it down. It's not gonna work. And it worked and it was delicious. And I was like, oh, this like renewed my taste buds for this type of food because I was just over and I had had too much of it. Um, and I think kids can do that for for everybody in the, in the family. And that's what I love about food too. You know, there's a million different ways to make to make things. So even if you do get stuck with the same exact ingredients in your fridge, you know, like you can, you can make a new challenge for your household, right? You could say, okay, no, you know, we're going to, we're going to take away all the white foods today, you know, and try to make, what, what, what could you make in, um, in, uh, New Orleans without white foods? Like, I mean, we can make all our food is, uh, the land we're, we're brown food. So, uh, you know, you have to take the roux out. The roux, roux out. So we would have to take that roux out. We'd have to take that flour out. But, uh, you know, last night I made a dish. I looked in my refrigerator and I had two whole things of celery and I'm like, how do I have all this celery stuff in the back? <laughs> yeah. Was I at the grocery every week this week going, oh, we must need celery. And so it was starting, it was still just on the border of crispy, right? But it was, I, I'm like, how do I use all this celery? Well, last night I braised it with sweet potatoes and made a celery and sweet potato soup. And that was, you know, a, a good way to bring in, a, you know, something that was gonna go to waste in my refrigerator. And was it new? Like, had you ever made that recipe before? I haven't made it probably in about seven years. Awesome. And, I, awesome. and so now, yeah. I, and I, I think we all do this. You go, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot yes. about that. So a challenge in the kitchen can really renew it. And you can, I mean, with with kids and when you can do it when you're dining you know if you're if you're having dinner and it is the same pizza night or um taco night or whatever but you feel like everyone's kind of stuck at the dinner table you're talking about the same things maybe the kids are getting grumpy they're not focused on their food you want to just switch things up you could change it in the middle of dinner you could say okay freeze now we're only going to eat with our spoons you know take away the forks and knives and have everybody eat with their spoons or with their hands. And there is something about eating with your hands that makes food even more special. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're connecting with it when you touch it. And But I love that idea because sometimes it's so easy to get in a rut and making it fun because it's something you have to do. And there are people out there who eat to live and they're perfectly happy eating whatever they're, my husband is one of those, you know, he's happy <laughs> to eat a grilled chicken breast every day of his life. 
I will come unglued if that's what I'm eating every day in my life. But if that's what you have to eat, sometimes you have to to make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Try new seasoning, you know, put your napkins on your head and you know, the list could go on and you don't have to come up with it. You know, ask your kids what they want to do, what they want the, the eating, you know, challenge of the night to be. What are some of the funniest challenges kids have thrown out at you? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they the kids kids love eating with your hands, cooking, cooking without cooking with, you know, standing on one leg is is a fun one. Um, had a lot of dropsies in, in that situation because you have to balance a bit. I mean, kids are flexible too. So they're a lot better at balancing than I am. Um, we do a lot of good, we do a lot of dance breaks when we're cooking. So, you know, like if you're chopping all the vegetables up for something that's like one similar motion over and over again, and their bodies want to move. So, you know, after we finish the carrots, we'll put the knife down, run outside, do a quick dance break, come back in. Um, I, we tried to do an upside down challenge, like a handstand cooking, um, but that did not end up um, <laughs> with anything edible. <laughs> so that was a bit too far. So you might want to put, you know, some, some limits on the challenge. <laughs> they can be timed though. You know, kids love timing. So that's another great, um, task basically that kids can help you with so if you're putting something in the oven and you have um you know you're, you're putting your biscuits in the oven and then you want to start making something else to have your kid set the timer and watch the timer can be really helpful and then let you know when it's ready they're great they're great at tracking how do you kind of start to help your your kids and your whole family because I, I know adults that uh really want to change their palate and they want to like new things, but they're they're not even sure where to start. And so they are immediately called picky eaters, but sometimes they're, <laughs> sometimes they're just uninspired or haven't had an opportunity to try certain things. How do how do we would, change that? Yeah, how do we get there if that's one of our goals? I mean, listen, a lot of maybe your your doctor or somebody tells you that you you need to change your diet so that can kind of come down as like this thing i have to do so a lot of it is about mindset you know i would tell people to to kind of try to flip it like like we're talking about the games and making it exciting and like okay if i think in my head over and over again my doctor said no salt you know then that's all i'm thinking about when i go into the kitchen but i want to flip it to the opposite so um you know, my, my doctor did say that, okay, I have to cut back my salt, but I'm going to go, when I go shopping, instead of looking for things that say no salt, I'm going to walk around and try to get excited by something, putting the salt out of my mind. So like maybe a, a new color, like I'm going to look for, I've never tried beets and they have, or I've never tried golden beets, but they have red beets, you know? So I'll try the golden beet and do it without salt. And then that'll be the first time trying it. And maybe I won't miss the salt at all because it's an, it's a, it's a completely new flavor. Um, another thing though, for, for kids and for adults too, is you can take something that you really love and add something to it. So, you know, if you have a, if you have a child that loves mac and cheese, 
um, add something new to that each time. Like we're going to have a top, we're going to have a confetti topping on our mac and cheese and the confetti, you know, is fresh herbs. It's chives and parsley and have them pick out the mixture, you know, and have them try a new thing and put that on top. And then, then it can be broccoli then it can be cauliflower. You know, we don't want to, tr- we don't want to trick anybody. We want to be aware of what we're putting in, you know, like I have, I have, um, friends say to me, oh, how did you trick my kid into, into eating that? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what it's about. We tasted it with them. They had the choice. They got to put in as much or as little, um, you know, chives, broccoli, cauliflower, whatever, as they wanted into it. And they, and they got to choose how much mac and cheese they have because they, you know, they need body autonomy and, and you got to trust them to know what their bodies need as well. I, I think that is a great point about not tricking people. And I, I whether it's a kid or an adult or even just a guest from out of town who thinks that what we eat here in South Louisiana is bizarre, sometimes it's best not to trick them because then they don't trust the next thing that you're going to serve them, right? Yeah, yes. And you need that trust. You need that trust with your kids because later you're going to, you know, need to remind them to drink water or something else. And you're like, you got to trust me. I told you this is going to be good. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's and, and have fun with it. Let them make something for you too, you know? Like okay. maybe as the adult, um, you want to try something new and let, you know, show the, the trust is reciprocal, reciprocal is what I'm trying to say, you know, like then it's a great way to build it because if you're always asking them to do stuff in the kitchen, let them give you some direction too. I love that. I love that. And there's something about uh, keeping people excited in a project when they are getting to be a part of that decision-making process. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well so, buy, buy-in and empowerment and uh, yeah, trusting their creativity. If we're going to start to bring the whole family into the kitchen and we're, we're going to start making a thing out of it and uh, we do go to the grocery and we're getting stuff, how should we be choosing the items that are going in the cart and... <laughs> how you know i feel like we waste so much food as americans like how do we know how much of something we need to be getting well taking your kids to the store when safe and possible or to the farmer's market helps with that because if they pick it out they are more likely to eat it so you have less food waste um you know i also i tend to overbuy because i get so excited about food and then like with you with the celery, then I then I pick that item and say, okay, I have, you know, at the end of this week, I bought all this aspirational produce at the farmer's market and it's just in there. Aspirational produce. I love that. (laughs) I thought I was I thought I I wanted to eat it. I thought I was gonna eat it. I thought I was gonna have time to cook it, you know, but um, you know, my daughter got sick and we ended up, you know, you know, things take longer or whatever. So we didn't cook every night. Then you know, look, look in the fridge and get inspired by that one item that you have too much of, you know, so if it's, if it's carrots and, and you can also preserve and freeze, preserve and freeze are great friends for families. So, um, cause you also might want to buy in bulk to, um, save costs, right? So you can pickle things. I love having, um, you know, pickled carrots in the refrigerator. Um, you could, 
freezing fruit I like a lot like freezing blueberries when they're at the height of their season and uh then they're they're ready for baking or smoothies or something or pancakes you know later in the year and you don't have to worry about them you know going back because that's just the worst when you spent you know all your resources on this gorgeous gorgeous blueberries and strawberries and then you see them their freshness starting to dwindle just rinse them off pop them in the freezer and uh your your uh, future self will thank you we're, we're gonna have to do a whole show if i could do a whole uh series on pickling and preserving i would because but we have a pickle fridge at our house uh Back. so smart oh <laughs> my husband's like he'll open the regular refrigerator and he's like all we have are pickles and mustard and then he'll go to like you know the garage refrigerator that used to be the beer fridge and he's like all we have are pickles and mustard <laughs> <laughs> there but there's something about having that and then turning that into a dish too definitely yeah and when you brought up the the preserving i was thinking about jams kids love like making strawberry jam um, or applesauce because there's a lot of sugar natural sugar in the fruit and so it's a great one to have the kids just like constantly slowly stirring so they can watch it to make sure it doesn't burn up and you can do freezer jam you don't have i mean you can can it uh, but if you have space in your freezer you can just cook cook it down and then pop it in your freezer and whenever you you're bringing people, you know, you're bringing kids to the market or, you know, the whole family is at the market to together, whether it's the, um, you know, the farmer's market, the grocery store, is there a, kind of an added component about getting, getting to know everyone? Does that, does that make, make you almost like certain things better? I think so. I mean, we're very, very social beings. And if you can, it, it, for me too, it reduces the food waste. So it comes back to that as well, because if I have, um, you know, a bunch of parsley in my refrigerator cilantro, and I know the farmer that grew that, and I know that she got up at 3am to pick that cilantro before bringing it to the farmer's market. I'm definitely not going to let it go to waste because I, you know, she, her time and her energy getting up that early um, to pick it and all the resources of the land. And, you know, on, on top of all that, I know how much she cared about growing the food. So I'm not going to let that food go to waste um, and really, you know, value it when I cook it and when I eat it. And I think kids get that kids relate to that. They love hearing about, you know, um, knowing the names of their farmer or, you know, I, <laughs> there's, there's a, a market in California that gives out stickers, you know, to all the kids that come with their parents. I think that's just genius because then they get to know the clerks that are checking them out at the market and, and they see it as an engaging and enjoying experience instead of, you know, a chore to have to go to the market with mom or dad or whatever parent, you know, it's like, oh, I, if I go, if I help out, if I engage, if I help plan the, the menu, then I'm going to get a sticker. And we use stickers a lot too, you know, like if there, there's, there's challenging tasks sometimes in the kitchen, like cutting the onions or uh, mopping sometimes, sweeping, actually kids usually love the to use the the swiffer but uh, <laughs> uh you know st stickers can be a great reward instead of uh, candy 
I, look, <laughs> I love stickers. The whole front of my laptop is covered in stickers. Mm-hmm. There's there's something that brings you back to your childhood when someone gives you a sticker. So I, I'm like gold stars for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I always have stickers in my apron and it's a great way to track, you know, your success. If you had a successful meal together as a family or, you know, all the kids cleaned up quickly after whatever, whatever the goal is that your family is trying to reach, you can always track it with the stickers on the fridge and, and accomplishing something together is so great. And so, you know, it's just so sweet and can bring everyone to a really good place with eating and cooking. Well, I know, you know, you founded Bayleaf Kitchen and it's a nonprofit and it's a cooking camp for kids and low income neighborhoods. And that's kind of what got us talking so much about kids and families in the kitchen. What was it like for you whenever you started up Bayleaf Kitchen to where you are now to see that impact in the community? Yeah, so I mean, so I ran Bailey's Kitchen when I was in the Bay Area. Now I'm in Los Angeles and, and doing um, family food coaching directly with the families one-on-one. So w- the evolution is basically Bailey's Kitchen, We were it was a camp. So the kids got to come and cook, learn from chefs like you, learn from the community, get to know their farmers. But what we saw was, it was this is all great. This is all good stuff. And then they went home and the rest of the family wasn't sure what to do with this knowledge because maybe they went home and they didn't have, um, you know, they couldn't reach the countertop or they didn't know where the produce was or, you know, the parents did all the cooking. And so they, the kid wanted to come into the kitchen and start cooking with the parents, but the parents weren't sure how to make that all happen. So now what we do is we work with the whole family. We like, we use technology, we zoom in, we can see the kitchen and help you like lay it out. We listen to what um, your your family food goals are. And then we'll, we'll meal plan with you and do a cooking lesson virtually in your kitchen with the parents and the kids. So the parents can see what the kids know how to do. You know, the, the parents know, oh, my kid does know how to cut an onion. Oh, they can, it is safe for them to you know, saute, they do know what's going to happen if oil and water mix, um, they know what hot is, they know where the, where all the uh, band-aids are if necessary, you know, so they can really help out. I think it's a good point what you said about, you know, the, the layout of the kitchen, because everyone's kitchen is a little bit different. And so whenever you're, you're learning in someone else's kitchen or you're taking a class, all the stuff you need is magically in front of you, right? <laughs> but when you go home, you're yes, yes, your yes, drawers. <laughs> How do you recommend, uh, you know, that that process start? Where, okay, now we are bringing everyone into the kitchen. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> we just did this game with with a, with a family yesterday. So they. Um, just understanding what everybody knows is step one. So we, you know, we had the kids and the parents close their eyes and say, okay, where is, you know, point to where, where the um, colander is stored. 
and the kids pointed and the parents pointed and everybody opened their eyes and the parents were actually surprised what the kids knew where step was because the parents were used to like you said like a cooking show like okay we're gonna do cooking class so we're gonna get the cutting board out we're gonna get the bowls out but that no 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 like your kid can do everything they can unload the dishwasher they can put it in the dishwasher you know um and they like that they like doing they like moving they like knowing where things are they like the autonomy of you know making their own breakfast and having those choices um so what was the question where do, where do we start how do, you, how do you set it up i mean is there um are there certain tools that you're like all everyone in the family can touch this only mama can touch this you know or uh yeah yeah i think where do we store it for ease yeah i think accessibility and thinking through um yeah heights and what what's where if you if you have a stool i mean i think there's certain things that everybody needs to have access to right so um the refrigerator probably the sink the soap um I, I recommend a stool or a, a prep area that is easy for kids to move around. So if you have like a dining table that you can still see from the kitchen, maybe. Um, so they have an area that's theirs. I think this is like, you know, everyone needs their own space. So like not having two kids cutting on the same cutting board type of thing. Um, stuff you would you would do in the restaurant but you just kind of spread it out for the kids you don't you know what you don't ever want to share share a cutting board with another chef you know so it would be the same at home <laughs> and your point about you know the stool and being able to reach i did a cooking class for a family that was in town visiting and it originally it was for mom and dad because they scheduled it for when the kids would be napping so I went to the apartment and planned to cook while the kids were napping so that we could have the class with mom and dad. Well, no one naps when they're supposed to. <laughs> yes, my daughter included. <laughs> the like two and a half year old was fascinated, but she couldn't see the counter and mom and dad couldn't hold her and we didn't want to sit her on the counter. And finally we found a stool and, you know, dad was able to stand behind the stool while she sat on the stool because all she wanted to do was just watch the action. And sometimes that's all yeah. anybody wants. Yeah. And she's watching, but she, I mean, I bet in a few years, she's going to know how to make it almost as good as you. So like they're learning so much is why they want to watch. You know, they're seeing mom and dad get excited about cooking for themselves and they're, they're learning so much in that process. Well, I know meal planning is really helpful whenever we're going to the grocery and we're not buying an overabundance of things or getting too enthusiastic about how, you know, wonderful the the berries are, but I can't eat 10 berry dishes this week. <laughs> um, what are some of the, you know, core menu items that really help to build a meal plan? That's a good question. I think um, I like to break it up into like chunks or segments, right? So often, if we're if we're talking about dinners, um, we'll think how can we um, 
have a protein maybe that we cook at the beginning of the week that can then be modified throughout the week to um, spice it up, you know, or change, change it up. So I will kind of what I mean I've been cooking for so long it's hard to well I'll listen to the family and what they like first and then you know be like oh we love fish okay so we're gonna try to use fish three different ways this week and then we can you know get on the list real quick with you know five pounds or however big the family is of fish and then that gets on the list and then we move to the next one and then it kind of evolves from there so those three meals with the fish set the the um tone i guess for the week and then and then it gets going but theme nights work really well with families so um taco night pizza night uh salad bar soup night um because you could just get really into having having something to focus on and then creating the rest of the meal around there with aspects that you like pasta bar night uh, What's the hardest thing out there that you've had to convince kids? I promise you're going to love it. And I'll say mine, <laughs> mine is okra. And they, they look at okra and they're like, I don't like okra. I don't want okra. And then they eat it stewed with tomatoes and corn and all kinds of good stuff. And then they're like, oh, it's kind of okay. What's your, what's your hardest sell? Um... I've recently gotten a lot of kids that I seem to have an aversion or maybe even a little afraid of spicy. So I don't know. Um, you know, I, th I think it probably is, um, you know, like we don't want them to their mouth to burn, but they they're, they've been using it to describe almost everything they don't like. So um, that can be challenging kind of trying to figure out what they really mean by spicy um and yeah i think i think the texture thing like uh like trying to get a kid to eat like oyster or okra is a really good one too you know like then we get into a good conversation about like okay what's what's the texture gonna be uh tomatoes kind of like um squishy foods kids kids aren't uh into a lot of the time a lot uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of kids are like, I don't know about that. And then maybe it's because they've never had like a beautiful, perfectly ripe tomato too, because I don't want a pale, pale, yeah. cold, hard tomato, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in uh, mealy, you know, nobody wants to eat anything in a mealy texture. Ugh. Well, this has been so much fun and I wish we had more time, but I want you to tell everybody how they can find you, find out more about you and, you know, in this global world, if, if they want to, to get coached on how they can help their family, you know, you can do that. Now. Yeah. I'd love to connect with some of your, your audience. Um, we, the, so my new company is called Joyful Family Cooking on Instagram. We're at Joyful Family Cooking. Facebook Joyful Family Cooking. You can email me info at Joyful Family Cooking and we do classes, we do coaching sessions, we do farmer's market tours, um, really anything to get your family excited and having fun in the kitchen and eating well. I love it. 
Well, for my listeners out there, we had Eliana Friedman, and she is with Joyful Family Cooking, and she founded Bayleaf Kitchen. And I hope that you feel a little more inspired to get everyone together in the kitchen. You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.